John Rulak, who's one of my mentors, he told me one day, he says, do you think all the scumbags, and he used another word, but all the scumbags of the world are going to let you just waltz right in and turn their world upside down? All the scumbags of the food industry are going to just let us waltz right in and turn it all upside down. All these chemical companies that have been inundating our environment with chemicals and selling us this lie for so long, they're going to let us just come in and tell the truth? Of course not. They're going to put up a fight. You're listening to Food Integrity Now with your host, Carol Gervais. Welcome to Food Integrity Now. I'm Carol Gravey. I am a certified holistic nutritionist and the host of the show. At Food Integrity Now, we like to investigate and explore what's happening in our food supply so that you can make wise decisions for your health and for your family's health. And I'd like to give a big shout out to Ben Sound Music for our intro and outro music. My guest today is Vani Hari. Vani is a revolutionary food activist, a New York Times best-selling author, and was named one of the most influential people on the internet by Time Magazine in 2015. Vani started foodbabe.com in April 2011 to spread information about what was really happening in the American food supply. Vani has influenced how major food giants like Kraft, Subway, Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, and Starbucks create their products, steering them toward more healthful policies. She has published her first book, The Food Babe Way, which is in bookstores across the country. Her activism has brought her worldwide attention as she has been profiled in the New York Times, The Atlantic, Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and many other periodicals. She has also appeared on Good Morning America, CBS News, NBC News, Fox News, The Dr. Oz Show, and The Doctors. She is also a regular cooking contributor on NBC's Charlotte Today and a food expert on CNN. She currently lives in North Carolina and travels around the world to speak about health and food awareness. Hi, it's Carol. I am the host and founder of Food Integrity Now, as well as a certified holistic nutritionist. And we only support products that we believe have high integrity. We are proud to announce that we will be supporting a new company called True Vani that was started by an amazing food activist, Vani Hari. Their first product is a daily turmeric supplement. And what I love about this product, it's not only organic and non-GMO, it also has a certification that it's glyphosate residue free and contains no heavy metals. Turmeric is a powerful root that has been used for centuries in Ayurvedic and traditional Chinese medicine as a treatment for inflammatory disorders. And when you think about the rise of autoimmune and inflammatory diseases in this country, this timing is perfect. It also has been shown to promote weight loss, supports brain health, and I could go on and on. To purchase this amazing turmeric, you can either go to the show page or go to foodintegritynow.org 
and you will find it under products. Hi, it's Carol Gravet, and I am a certified holistic nutritionist, a life coach, and the host of Food Integrity Now. What you eat and how you eat can greatly affect the way you look and feel, and whether or not you get sick. If your immune system is compromised, you might have brain fog, allergies, low energy, depression, or worse, have a disease. A poor diet can lead to diabetes, cancer, Alzheimer's, and virtually all other diseases. I take great pride in working with individuals and groups and seeing how they create such positive changes in their lives. I offer one-on-one coaching packages, or we can design a package just for your group. To find out more, go to foodintegritycoaching.com or call me at 415-302-7100 for your free consultation. I offer phone and Skype sessions, and this really is all about quality of life. Let me assist you to have the best quality ever. Bonnie, welcome back to Food Integrity Now. Thank you so much for having me back, Carol. It is a pleasure to be here. Well, I wanted to have you back on the show again to talk about a few things. I've been thinking a lot about what it takes to be a food activist and what that really means. And the reason I want to talk about this, it seems more important than ever to educate people about what's happening in our food supply because there's still so much misinformation out there. So I guess my first question to you is, what does being a food activist mean to you? That's a a really broad question, but I think what is so important about that question is that it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, You know, when I started foodbabe.com, I didn't know any other food activist, to tell you the truth. You know, I knew me, uh, the person who was sitting next to my coworker, um, you know, working in the corporate world, teaching them about my habits and what I'd learned about the food industry and all the different chemicals I was avoiding in food. And, you know, at that time, you could say I was a food activist, too. Um, you know, you, you know, now that I've you know, taking on million dollar, you know, billion dollar corporations um, and gotten them to change everyone from General Mills to Kraft to Starbucks to Subway. Um, you know, that's also a food activist, right? You know, and so when we think about a definition of a food activist, I like to break it down into the, the most simplest term, and that is someone who knows enough about what's going on in the food industry and takes the time to teach someone else. And so whether that be your family at home, when you're the mom and you go and you, or you're the dad, you can be the dad too, or whoever in your family, you're the one going to the grocery store, you're the one buying uh, certain products and bringing products home and uh, eliminating certain ingredients and products from your home because of things that you've learned about the food industry and learned about chemicals in our food. You know, you could be at that microcosm or you could be at a big larger scale where you start a blog and you start to teach other people what you've learned and allow that information to be propagated across the internet. But it's really 
about education and um, and and you, and you care so much that you want to educate and that's what makes someone an activist right someone who you know there's a lot of things we learn in this world about how the world works right. not all right. of us take the time to teach another person about what we've learned about what and so I think that's what a true activist does is take the time to educate another person about what they've learned so that they can benefit and realize the benefits of uh, what happens when you learn this information, which to me, the biggest uh, benefit to learning about the food industry and learning about what you're eating is that you become healthier, you start to feel amazing, you get energy that you never thought you'd ever get in your life, you know, you, you start to feel so good in your brain and, and in your relationships and in your mood and, and everything that your life starts to come together in a way that every single morning you wake up happy. Oh, I love what you said. And, uh, you know, you and I do it in a big way, but it doesn't have to be that way, obviously, for everyone. I call it each one teach one. So as you learn then you teach somebody else, and they teach somebody else. And this is the way we change the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, it only takes, literally, it only, I mean, just to think back to when I started Food Babe, and, you know, it was literally just to teach my friends and family around me, my, you know, my 20 or so people that I had in mind that had asked about my recipes or had asked about my lifestyle because they'd seen the dramatic changes I'd made in my health. And to think now that millions and millions of people have benefited from just starting a blog um, for just, you know, my close buds is, is so crazy to think about. Um, I literally don't, I don't think I really even recognize the impact it's had um, a lot of times, and 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 when I really think about it, and think about all of the different products that have changed, and all of the different sourcing that's changed, um, and all of the corporations that have completely had to invent new ways to create their products, um, as well as become so much more transparent about what they're doing, and it's just educated so many people to the point where there's so many new amazing companies being created to bring us uh, healthier and real food um, faster to our tables, you know, that, that, I mean, just the entire realm of food has changed so dramatically since I started blogging. And, and it, it's amazing what, you know, one person can do to just share information and then rely on other people to share it with their loved ones and their loved ones and their loved ones. And, and, and the snowball effect is so beautiful when it comes to education. And that's, that's what's so beautiful about being a food activist, whether you're just one person just interested in this topic or a person who's starting a blog or maybe someone working on Capitol Hill or another person working in a nonprofit organization you know, you can have a tremendous impact just by sharing what you learn and educating somebody. Oh, I totally agree. And I started Food Integrity now with a couple other people in March of 2010. And I never dreamed um, that I would 
you know, have the privilege of getting to interview these amazing people, you included, you know, over the course of the last eight years, and to run into people that will say things like, I listened to that show, I never knew it changed my life, and now they're telling other people. So it's, it's, it's really, really powerful, and it's really powerful also on the individual level. But it can be tough at times for us who choose to do it in a bigger way. So what have been some of your biggest hurdles in this process? Um, you know, my, my biggest hurdle um, wasn't like figuring out how to take on the food industry or, you know, um, doing any of the tactical things. Because I tell you, you know, when I just started writing about what I was learning and researching, uh, really the, the Food Babe Army, the people out there, the readers, uh, carried that information so far and wide that these food companies had to change as a result. So I I feel like I got, that part was, you know, and to most people would think it would be very hard to get a food company to change their ingredients or change their their policies around transparency or to po- publish their ingredients for the first time, you know, those type of big changes that we've um, had, uh, you, you think that would be the hard part, but what the hard part for me was the attention on me uh, as an activist, as a messenger for change. Um, I didn't like that part, and and you know, some people can say, well, what, you know, you came up with the name Food Babe, but that was very pretentious, and da 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 da. And you know, really, it wasn't even me who came up with that name. It was really. Uh, EatHealthyLiveForever.com for the website, and, and I and my husband, who's the tech geek in the family, said, you know, that's a horrible name. You need to call it something short and sweet that people will remember. And he came up with Food Babe. And at the time, I, I literally had no pictures of me on the main header of the website. It was these cartoon characters, and um, I don't know if you remember Carol, what it used to look like before I put. I do, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it just looked like oh god, like website shame. I mean, it was really bad. Um, but again, I was really nervous about showcasing who I was because I was just, I wanted people to focus in on the ideas. Um, and I kind of hid behind this name food babe. And then when I finally quit my corporate job to do this full time, I felt confident enough to finally put myself out there and who I am and my story and all the changes I'd made physically as a result of my food choices and all of that. And, And when I did that and I did that, you know, about a year before my book came out, um, but when I started doing that, I started to get a lot of attention. And um, and the reason I got a lot of attention is because I was making some really amazing strides in the food industry and getting, you know, azodicarbonamide out of bread across the board, not just Subway's bread, but, you know, just about every bakery had to drop that chemical that's banned in all these other countries, but we were still using it here. Um, you know, yellow dyes out of mac and cheese, you know, getting Anheuser-Busch and Miller Coors to post their ingredients for the first time in history and beer, you know, um, you know, demanding Starbucks change their, um, ingredient transparency policies and and letting us know what's in their drinks and getting them to remove caramel color out of pumpkin spice lattes and demanding they service organic milk, you know, all those things that, um, you know, I was working on got a lot of attention from the media. And so the food industry, 
um, front groups started paying a lot of attention. So when I say food industry front groups, it's the the front the, the groups that have these you know complicated names that sound like they have a council or this or that, but really they're just hired. Um, uh, assassins, if you will, <laughs> yeah, people hired assassins to take down people who are trying to um, uh, ruin corporate profits. Because really, let's just talk about you know the last fifty years or so, all the ingredients that have been invented, pretty much majority of them have been invented to improve the bottom line of the food industry. Have not been invented to improve our health. So you know if there those chemicals are there to make food companies money and I'm asking them to remove these chemicals. Obviously I'm hurting the bottom line of these companies. And so I was a huge threat and I, I was very naive about this, Carol. Like I really thought that if I just did the right thing and you know, the public and everybody would be happy and we would all go on on our merry way. And I would just continue asking these companies to do the right thing. Well, what happened is we were doing the right thing. The public was really happy about these changes. But then all of a sudden, you know, I had a huge target on my back, just as big as uh, some of the biggest names in, in nutrition and health, like Dr. Oz and uh, others out there that, you know, have, have gone out on a limb and, 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 you know, showcased different problems with the food industry. And, and so I had you know, Gwyneth Paltrow is another one that comes to mind. And I'm, I'm constantly named in these articles with these, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow is a mega act- actress, like, you know, so incredibly popular, like ridiculous person. I mean, Dr. Oz has a show on TV every single day. And then they label me in, the, in these articles, too, as being pseudoscientific, as being unreliable, as not being, you know, uh, you know, doing this uh, for um, for fame or fortune or whatever, you know, all the lies they make up about activists to get them to stop what they're doing. And I was totally just, uh, sidetracked by the attention. And it wasn't until I actually turned off Google alerts, went inside had to get a lot of mentorship from other fellow activists and other spiritual people in this world that I was able to get out of that deep, dark hole after my book came out and all the attention started coming at me. You know, Time Magazine named me one of the most influential people on the Internet. And, of course, you know, the food industry freaked the F out. I mean, they oh, really yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're like, uh-uh, you are not going to put – this food activist up on this pedestal. Uh-uh. We're not going to make her more popular than she already is. This is not good. And um, and at that point, I mean, the attacks were hardcore. I mean, entire AstroTurf campaigns. If anybody doesn't know what an AstroTurf campaign is, is that, you know, hired profiles on the Internet to comment, to uh, gather, to um uh, strategize on how to take me down no matter where I was being featured. You know, I was featured on a, on the front of a magazine on, on experience life magazine and the entire troll army, the, the AstroTurf campaigns, uh, funded and led by probably Ketchum PR. I think it's probably Ketchum and a couple other was like, you know, I have some, some good data to show that, you know, Ketchum definitely was being paid to, to target me. Um, but, uh, you know, they they completely 
tried to get the issue removed of me being on that cover. Um, thankfully, it was the most, it was the best selling cover of that year. Um, and that's how important these issues are and how important um, the readership is in the Food Babe Army and the people out there that know the truth and want the truth to, to be told and to get out to the public. Um, and I can't thank the Food Babe Army enough. I can't thank the people out there that have stood by me through these tough times of, you know, my name was dragged through the mud um, after my book came out. I mean, it was, you know, she's unreliable. She's not scientific. They found any error they could find on my website and make a big deal out of it. I mean, I had like one or two errors and that I ended up taking off down the post, right? right? They made such a big freaking deal. It made it made it look like that I had no scientific understanding of anything I was reading or whatever. But the thing is, is the only people that have made food complicated in the last 50 years or so it's, it's actually the food industry is that, ma- that has made food so complicated. Food is really simple. Nutrition actually is very simple when you get back to, uh, to understanding what you should eat. And so anyone, and, and if, if anybody's out there that thinks they need to have a food science degree or nutrition degree to figure this stuff out, forget it. You do not. You just need to be smart, you need to be motivated, you need to be passionate about being healthy and learning the truth. And the information is out there. We can all learn it. And they made it seem that you had to be, you know, this, you know, have this academic scientific degree in order to talk about these chemicals in food. Anybody can learn about the chemicals in food. I get attacked not as much as you but uh when i interview somebody like dr don huber uh the minute that post goes out it they're all over my website trying to discredit don huber dr don huber professor emeritus i consider him one of the leading experts in the world about gmos and glyphosate so i i kind of understand that and when that happens to me i go great, I must be doing my job because they're they're after me. I'm sure you kind of get to the point where you feel that way too, where it's, you know, it's kind of disheartening at first and then you can turn it around and think, great, I must be doing something right here. Yeah, I think, you know, when you're on the side of the truth, it always prevails. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's, you know, the thing is, is that we're going to constantly be, we're going to be attacked, right? Right. And, right. And, and now it's just part of the game. And now I understand it. And, you know, John Rulak, who's one of my mentors, he told me one day, he says, um, do you think all the scumbags, and he used another word, but all the scumbags of the world um, are going to let you just waltz right in and turn their world upside down? All the scumbags in the food industry are going to just let us waltz right in and turn it all upside down. All these chemical companies that have, you know, been inundating our environment with chemicals and selling us this lie for so long. Um, they're going to let us just come in and tell the truth. Of course not. They're going to put up a fight. And that's what they did. And they, you know, I, they've settled down now. And I, I think I've settled down a little bit too in terms of, you know, my aggressiveness as a food activist because, I have been focusing on a lot of different things. Number one, being a, becoming a mom last year. So, right. you know, that has been my number one focus because I tell you, 
watching Harley ask for kale and cabbage at 13 months old is, is the highlight of my day. So, you know, that is the most important thing to me right now. But, but Bonnie will be back in a big activism way. Don't worry, food industry, if you're listening to this. But, you know, right now I'm focused on, on nurturing uh, part of my life. Yeah, wonderful. And that's very important, too. So I want to talk a little bit about something that is in a lot of food products that I think is worth repeating because a lot of people don't really understand. They see the word natural and they think, oh, this is a good thing. So I want to talk for a minute about natural flavors and why that those words are just a red flag. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just, you know, say one thing here. If you go into a grocery store and you pick up a random product, I'd say there's probably a 99% chance that it has the word natural flavor on it or has some type of added flavoring, whether it be artificial flavor, organic flavor, um, you know, blueberry flavor, strawberry flavor, any type of flavor. It is probably, especially a packaged, you know, processed product on the shelf. And to me, um, this is one of my kind of things that I do uh, when I look at a even an organic US certi- USDA certified organic product to see if it has any of these added flavors. Because a lot of times, if it does, I just don't buy the product. And the reason is because the, these flavors can include anything under the sun that is found in nature, right? Um, there's a long definition that the FDA allows. It's like, you know, the essential oil or lesserins, essence extractive, protein hydrosylate, distillate, or any product of roasting, heating, um, which contains the flavoring constitutes derived from a spice fruit or fruit juice, vegetable or vegetable juice, edible yeast, herb, bark, bud, root, leaf, or similar plant material, meat, seafood, poultry, eggs, dairy products, or fermentation, therefore. I mean, it literally, you can do anything to create these flavors. And that's what these laboratories do. They take the one millionth best uh, taste or smell of a product and they synthesize it and chemicalize it to the point where they put it in this flavor. And then the flavor has different carriers to it too. Like a lot of flavors will have propylene glycol as a carrier or maltodextrin as a carrier um, or as an emulsifier in some of these like liquid-based natural flavors that you, you see that, you know, you'll never really see them unless you go to like a flavoring aisle of a grocery store. But, you know, you'll, you'll see you'll see this in food production and I've seen it in food production because now I'm, you know, creating my own product line. And so I see how these things are made and it is the most unnatural thing to do to food is to add these flavors in because a lot of times these flavors are there to do one thing is to create a false sense of reality um, and to give you the illusion that you're eating real food when you're not. And to me, this works against our natural mechanisms in our brain to tell us that we're full, we're satiated, that we don't need to keep eating this, that this is food that shouldn't actually, you know, be eaten by humans. It, it tastes, you know, you know, when you're eating flavorless crackers, right, um, 
or crackers that you made in your own kitchen, you pretty much can stop at a couple. Now, if you eat a bag of Doritos that's full of different flavors that have been synthesized to create that addictive quality and, and also included MSG additives and other things, you know, you're going to have a hard time stopping at one chip. And that, to me, is a big issue, not because of the huge issues of obesity, heart disease, and diabetes. I mean, those are, you know, the big elephants in the room, why we shouldn't allow these flavors in our in our food. But... The, the big reason to me is I do not want my brain being hijacked by the food industry. I want my brain to be so in tune with my body and, and nature and food that when I'm eating, I'm eating so that like I'm providing nutrition to my brain so that it works at its optimal level so I can like start a new company, take care of my daughter, go work out, you know, have a kick-ass household, like do all these things that I want to do. You know, be able to, to to be in a good mood and and to to do yoga and to do all these things that you know make me a fun human and to be there for my parents that are aging. You know, all these things that I want to do in my life, I want to be there to do that kind of stuff. And that means that when I'm eating, I want the food that I'm eating to not trick me. Um, one of the main things about nature or uh, natural flavors is that. Flavor, you know, when you get it naturally in a strawberry or um, blueberry or wherever, it comes with nutrition behind that, right? Yes. So when you eat a blueberry, you're getting antioxidants, you're getting fiber, you're getting all of these different nutrients that, uh, and micronutrients and vitamins and minerals. When you're eating that blueberry, it comes in this perfect package that your body can assimilate. But, but natural flavors come without nutrition. So they can actually add it to nutritionalist foods, foods that are really there to wreak havoc on our body, have too much sugar, uh, too many processed ingredients, too many um, controversial ingredients that we should be eating in the first place to make these uh, food-like substances that aren't real food taste like real food. Yeah, that was really well said. And I guess the question that we can ask ourselves is, was this food engineered to be delicious or is it really delicious because it tastes good and it has lots of nutrients? So it, it goes back to buying whole food too. I mean, if you're not buying box ingredients, you're buying whole foods, organic foods. You're not going to have to worry about this natural flavors. But, you know, I have seen natural flavoring in organic food, too. Oh, yeah. It is there. Um, there's natural flavors. There's also um, organic flavors. Uh, there's all sorts of different flavors that the food industry has created that, you know, th there's, a, there's, there's subtle differences between all the different flavors, right? So, you know, natural flavors can... Uh, a lot of times if they're in a non-organic product can include GMOs and a lot of different um, carrier ingredients that you don't want to consume. Um, if they're in an organic product, they can't have GMOs. You know, they have to have an affidavit that says that. Um, they also, you know, there's also like natural blueberry flavor that, you know, it originates from a blueberry. So, you know, you, you know that information. But the problem is, is that you don't, you don't know the rest of the equation. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I want to make sure I'm not doing is, is consuming these products on an everyday basis that have these additional flavors because 
I want to know what I want my body to be accustomed to real food, and I never want to have to feel like real food's not good enough for me. And I've been in that situation in my life where I was addicted to fast food, I was addicted to processed food, and I thought that was the only food that tasted good. And it wasn't until I started to eliminate those foods and find real food and find ways to be eating real food that I was able to to basically eat whatever I wanted as long as it was real food and feel really, really great and not be overweight and be at the same weight for over 10 years because I was just letting my body do what it's naturally supposed to do, which is to eat real food and not eat these other processed ingredients that hijack your brain into eating more than you should. The next thing I want to talk about, and I'm really excited about this, is your new company, Truvani. And your first product, which I already started taking, it's a uh, daily turmeric supplement. Can you share with us why this product is different than other products on the market? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the reasons, I just want to go back and just kind of tell you one of the reasons I started this company. Okay, great. Um, for for a, many years, the food industry has come to me. Uh, many people in the food industry, good people in the food industry have come to me and said, Bonnie, we need to start your own line of products. You know, you've been this food critic. You've, you know, told us what not to eat. Let's give people the, the things you, you eat and that you want to eat and create the products that um, people want to consume. And, and up until now, it wasn't the right step because I felt like the people that were coming to me had the mindset, the old mindset of how the food industry works, which is, you know, find the cheapest ingredients, market them as the most, as the best and, and, you know, make a huge profit. Really. It is, it was their goal in mind basically. And my goal in mind, it was not that. And a lot of times when I talk to some of these food executives, they told me, Bonnie, you can't be an activist and sell your own product line. I just want to let you know that. So if you decide to do this, you're going to have to give up that activism part of, of who you are. Hmm. And I'm like, what? No, no. Like that, that's not something that I can just turn off. I mean, the passion runs so incredibly deep because I've seen how people are walking around like zombies, so sick on this food, and I want to wake people up. I, I still want to wake people up. It's, it hasn't stopped. I mean, we still have, you know, Snickers and M&Ms and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups on every corner. We need to have some organic chocolate, you know, at, right. at, the, at the gas station before, you know, before I even hope to stop doing some of the work that I'm doing or at least have, you know, organic fast food, whatever. You know, there's got to be more choices, more opportunity for people to get healthy. You know, we've got to clean up schools. I mean, there's so much work to do. And I was like, I can't just turn that off and start a company. I can't just give up everything I've built and learned and know about the food industry. And, and so that really turned me off. So finally I ended up meeting, uh, Actually, I didn't even end up meeting him. I knew him for a really long time. One of my business partners, he was a mentor of mine. He's been a huge cheerleader of mine from the very beginning. And 
he and I just decided one day, like, let's do this. He's a complete, you know, outside of the food industry outsider um, and and has this amazing vision of creating this company that has never existed before, the company that I wanted to start, which is, you know, a company that believes in real food without added chemicals, products without toxins and labels without lies. And, you know, when I envisioned this company, I thought about all the times that I had been buying a product and loved the product, and then it would get bought up by some big food company, and then the ingredients would change. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start the company that's going to prevent that kind of situation from happening. I'm going to make sure that our ingredients are always the best, period. And so I wanted to start this company, and I wanted to start with a product that I was taking every single day. Um, and something that I really, truly believed in that would help benefit people. And that is why I started with a daily turmeric supplement. Um, this daily turmeric supplement has uh, 12 amazing benefits. Um, number one, it is, you know, it supports anti-inflammatory. So, so when you think about all of the things that you are constantly being exposed to in this world, all the pollution in the air, in the water, in the food that we're eating, you know, we're constantly being inflamed. And so the active ingredient in turmeric is curcumin, and that's a potent anti-inflammatory. And so that's just something that we as a society need and more in our life. And it's an ingredient that, you know, is, is one of the main ingredients in Indian cooking and in, it's one of the things that, you know, historically, you know, in time, in terms of my life, you know, has always been present and it just seemed like such a good fit. Um, and it's also something I, again, I was taking every single day, you know, I was nursing some injuries and other things that I needed to help, um, some of my joints. And, and so I just wanted to make sure that I created a product that I was actually taking and that I wanted to consume. Now, one of the problems with, one of the products that I was I was taking before a turmeric supplement um, got bought out by one of the big chemical corporations, mm. so it really uh, had left a bad taste in my mouth. And then also the ingredients started to change, and so that really made me mad. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go find the best source of turmeric, and I'm going to go through the measures of heavy metal testing. I'm going to go through the measures of getting it USDA certified organic and non-GMO. And then I'm going to take it even a step further because so much of our organic food supply in this country has been contaminated, unfortunately, with a lot of these chemicals. Um, and through the supply chain of just poor storage and other reasons, um, I wanted to make sure that we were glyphosate free because glyphosate uh, residue has been being tested all over the place now uh, by some of these activist organizations and they're finding glyphosate um, in different products. And I wanted to make sure that this was free of glyphosate so that when I was taking it every single day, I felt very confident that I was getting the best turmeric supplement on the market. And that's what makes it so different, Carol. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's incredible already. I've only been taking it about a week and I'm just so impressed with the steps that you have taken to ensure that it is the purest turmeric out there. And that's really important to me, and I think it should be important to others. So thank you for doing that. And uh, thanks for being with us today. 
keep up all the great work and we talked about uh, what it's going to take to continue this education and you're doing it and I'm doing it and hopefully everybody out there listening will do their part. And if you want to try uh, True Brownie's first product, which I think is amazing, uh, go, you can either go to the show page on our website, uh, it's under our store, and it's on special all week, uh, so now's the time to try it. Bonnie, tell us just real quickly what that special is. Yeah, so all of the products right now are, or the different options are at 10% off. And so, um, and also if you subscribe and you want to get bottles shipped to you every single month so that, you know, you have your daily supply, that's at 15% off. Um, and then if you order today, we're actually sending a, a, a free ebook that's the guide to a true Bonnie life. It's pretty awesome. So you got to check that out as well. Okay, that's incredible. Well, hopefully everybody gives it a try. And um, and when you look at the rise of autoimmune and inflammatory conditions in this country, I think your timing is perfect. So thanks for doing that. And thanks for being a guest on our show. We'll be back next week with another great show. Thank you, Carol. 